Are we recording? No, too much, too much, too much, too much. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Ducks Watch Together. I'm Josh. I'm Kylie. And on today's episode, we talk about the top five movie fight scenes. Well, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, what's up? You know what I figured out last night? What? I have two huge glaring holes just in my filmography. Yeah? Should we get there a little bit later? I mean, we can get there whenever you want. Okay. Because, like... What are your glaring holes? Saying that they're, like, the two... Like, saying they're the top five, I feel like I'm doing a huge disservice. This was my thing as well. (laughs) Uh, Saying that they're the top five, I feel like this is similar to, like, documentary, where this is such a huge topic. Which, I, I don't know if you noticed what I titled it. But what? it was like five documentaries we like. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I like it. And I think didn't you say five good docs? Yeah. Is that what you said? <laughs> Something <Yeah>. like that. <laughs> Which of these could also just be like five good fight scenes. Uh-huh. Because I th- this is a huge topic. And and what I did as I sometimes do, I broke it down into categories and I could do like five of each of these categories pretty easy. Um and so it, it's an inter- I like this conversation, and I'm interested, but I would never say that these are the definitive five, nor would I say that I am the person to be making the list of the definitive five, because, frankly, what I've noticed is that I, th- I think I have a different set of qualifications as to what would make a good fight scene as compared to other folk. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to say if you've got this cut. Okay. But here are what I realized. Okay. I've never seen a Bruce Lee film. Okay. And that... I got some of it covered. Bruce Lee himself, I think, is actually one of the people that we hold, for especially in American cinema, who we actually like hold quite an indebtment to in order to get to a lot of the fight scenes that we have today. Mm-hmm. Um, to get to the John Wicks as they are, because he's the one who helps open up American cinema for that. Mm-hmm. Um, though it had been done in a lot of uh, Asian cinema and a lot of other countries, he, America, he was like one of the ones who was like, forefront, like, we're going to do it. And they're not always the technically... From the low life scene, they're not always technically the best, but it's that raw energy that he brings. So I just want to say I'm sorry, Bruce Lee. I'm going to fix it someday. Okay. Okay. My other glaring error. Uh, Jackie Chan. <laughs> oh, okay. I have seen, uh, I realized I've seen like one Jackie Chan movie. Uh-huh. Two. Though I like Jackie Chan a lot, I realized that Jackie Chan in my childhood was an animated show. Oh, And an animated character. Do you not know about the show? I do know about the Jackie Chan show. I didn't know of people that watched it. No, I... Oh, Josh. I've seen it all. Okay. <laughs> it's very... It's, so, it's very integral in my childhood. Yes. And, like, at the end of the episodes, he answers questions from the audience, oh. and I'm always just like, oh, Jackie Chan? Animated Jackie Chan does this? No. Real live action Jackie Chan. Love it. So growing up, I'm like, yeah, I love Jackie Chan. Looking at his filmography, I'm like, huh, I got The Intruder and Rumble in the Bronx. There you go. That's all I got happening, everyone. The Foreigner? What did I say? The Intruder? intruder. Yeah, Yeah, The Foreigner, sorry. Which, he's barely in that film. Yeah, he's definitely a subplot of that film. Yeah. I was really hoping that it could be his comeback. Yeah. Um, His John Wick? Wait a minute. You might have more. Okay. Do you have any of the Kung Fu Pandas? No. Okay. They're still animated. I just didn't... <laughs> He's in those. I have not... Who is he in them? Um, Mr. Monkey? He's the monkey? 
Maybe. I think he's, I think, I'm pretty certain. Maybe I've seen a d another animated oh, film with him. Because, like, oh, I have. I got Lego Ninjago. Don't worry, everyone. There you go. I, I feel like I've seen the first Rush Hour, but, like, I don't remember any of it. Um, yeah, he's the, he's a monkey. <laughs> haven't seen the Karate Kid, haven't seen Shanghai Noon, haven't seen Drunken Master, haven't seen Shanghai Nights, haven't seen That's okay. Fist of Fury, haven't seen anything. Okay. So that's my history. But like, I always, I've always just been like, yeah, Jackie Chan, integral part of my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> the anime. What is the animated show about? Uh, well, okay, so there are these stones for each for the twelve zodiac zodiacs of the Chinese zodiac. Mm -hmm. And so, like, when you get one, it has a secret power. And so, like, if you get the rabbit one, you're like super fast, and you get the snake one, you're invisible. And so, like, they're trying to collect all of these because there's a secret organization who's trying to collect them so that they can release this dragon that's stuck inside of this uh, stone statue. And the only re way to release him is to give him all the things, and he's an evil guy. Fair enough. There we go. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. It was, it was the first. It was the first. It was like the first step into anime, Josh. The second step was Avatar: The Last Airbender, and then I started watching animes. Also, Pokemon. Pokemon was there too, but I didn't realize that that was a Japanese art form back in the day. Uh, we will get to Jackie Chan. Okay, no I, I'm worries. really glad that you're covering yeah. the bases. No, worries. because like I was like. Because I was like, okay, well, uh, I gotta check out my guys. Mm -hmm. And, like, because, like, there were some people who I'm like, yeah, they're known for their fight choreography and stuff. And then I was like, Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee aren't anywhere on here. And I felt really bad, everyone. So I just wanted to apologize. This brings us to <laughs> our inquiry of the half-squared Fortnite. Who's our guys? <laughs> basically, basically. Uh, there are probably a bunch of well-known people, uh, who, um, are, who are foundational or pillars of the fight scene, uh, world. Uh, maybe they're famous for being actors, choreographers, a little bit of both, all of the above. But Kylie, who's the, who's, who's on your Mount Rushmore? Of... Who's your Mount Rushmore of movie fight scenes movie fight scenes mm -hmm. like the the actors actors creators directors all of the above who who is that who's your mount rushmore yunun ping okay donnie yen uh-huh aiko yue's mm -hmm. and keanu reeves, and keanu reeves. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe it should be like half keanu's face half chad's face <laughs> all right and like maybe the mouth is like david leach's mouth this last face is just a monster. <laughs> I think you got. I, I think you got to pick. I think. <laughs> mouth of David Leach. Oh, uh. I'm gonna go. Oh no, I got it. Um, maybe I'm gonna go with Michelle Yeoh. Maybe oh, that'll be. That's a good one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Alright, so I'm definitely, like, mine's a little basic. That's okay. Because it's definitely got Jackie Chan, and it's got Bruce Dwayne Lee. the Rock Johnson, <laughs> bringing in Jason Statham, Arnold Schwarzenegger. No. So, like, action films themselves are nothing that I'm, like, on board to, like, be all hurrah about. Um, I like the choreography, shockingly enough. Um, and so, filling out these other things, I'm like, 
really struggling to figure out who that who fills out this last back half for me because like sure the rock is probably up there for me though spoilers i don't got a rock fight sequence anywhere near any of this um man i hate i hate i hate that i have to say this name but like for me because growing up Errol Flynn, who is a jerk bag, but like his swashbuckling adventures, which I didn't know about him as Robin Hood and him as Captain Blood, and like just like in general, he he was very influential of of my thing, and so he's probably still up there because I like his swashbuckling adventures and the way that the choreography works out. So yeah, there you go. That's gonna be mine. But listeners, what's your Mount Rushmore of movie fight scenes? Who you got up there? Who who you putting up there? Who are your top four favorite people where you're like, they're in a fight? I'm on board. You can tell us at Friend of a Friend Podcasts. I also don't have a Jet Li. Crap, I'm terrible. At- so, like, Jet Li is somebody who I considered, but I, I like, I don't know if I'm really well-versed in Jet Li enough. I have Hero. I you like have, Hero. You love the Hero, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. It, is, that's the one with all the colors, right? Yes. And that's, I think, his best. Yeah, it's on my list. Yeah. Of, like, you need to watch this. Um, I don't know if any of... Maybe outside of Bruce Lee, mm-hmm. I don't think that Chan or Lee, their best work... Or Yen, even, for that matter, their best work is their American work. No. So, it's it's hard... Well, I can't... I, I can only speak for Donnie Yen. I can't speak for these right. other folk. Lee, I think, is out of the most of them. Like, Chan got famous outside of America before he got famous in America. Mm-hmm. And... But, to be fair, his... The fame of him in America was because it's like, oh, look at this guy. He's going to do his own stuff. Isn't yes. That a like, at first, it doesn't seem like his fame is because of pure talent. It's because, in some ways, they view it as a gimmick. Well, and... Are we recording? No worries, we are. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't remember, like, starting this next episode. Yeah, good luck. No, I did. We were recording. Chan also mixes comedy in with his as well, and so I think that's what really helps that beco- him become even more so of a big deal in America. But Jet Li, I think Jet Li's rise to fame really coincides with his rise to fame in America, so I think he does a lot of good things here as well. And, and we're open when Jet Li is becoming a big deal, we are open to that, to kung fu movies and the, the, the martial arts art form being... Um, Americanized in some ways. Uh, but friends, you tell us at uh, friend of a friend podcast at squarespace.com. You can also tell us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes if it's a five star review or any star review. Hit that subscribe button. Papa! <laughs> that helps us get more listeners. And you can also find us on Facebook at friend of a friend podcast. And now on with the show. All right, Kylie, top five movie fight scenes. Any rules, any provisos, any quid pro quos? I tried to only give everyone one. Mm-hmm. I tried to only give every franchise one. Okay. Which I did. Like, like <laughs> my tries were uh, met. I did not include any John Wicks, just because, like, we just, like, gave right. love to John Wick last episode. Um, and I just thought maybe we should talk about other things that aren't John Wick. Fair enough. Um, I did categories, so I'll definitely say those categories. I ruled out battle scenes. Okay. So, like, large, like, Lord of the Rings-esque, Helm's Deep 
battle scenes. There was one Lord of the Rings that came close. There is one Lord of the Rings that's on my honorable mentions as well. Um, but I ruled out large battle sequences. Not necessarily group scenes. Groups is kind of its own category, but like if it was an epic war battle, because I felt like that was its own category in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a good one. I kept in... I think that for this list I might be talking a little bit more for technical aspect than necessarily emotional within the scene. However, I, I, I it's okay if that's there. Um, I think that I think I, I'm afraid to say this. I don't want it to be on yours, but for me, something like the Obi Wan Kenobi versus Darth Vader scene in Star Wars, mm-hmm. which is a very emotion like it has. It's driven by emotion and it's driven by this, that, the other for these characters is a very good fight scene. Technically, it's not that interesting. However, within the context of the film, so something like that doesn't make the list. However, if I'm going for an emotional aspect, that's one of the contenders. So I I left that film out. I will say that I almost did the opposite. Mm -hmm. And that was based on my personal engagement with cinema and my personal engagement with fight scenes because it can be the most technically savvy craft scene in the world with amazing fight choreography but if I'm not related or connected to the characters in that moment and what they're trying to establish and uh, succeed at and if the rules of the world are not set up as well Mm. I don't buy into this scene. So for me... So you're saying if they don't kill John Wick's dog... Yep. You don't... You're not on board with him committing mass genocide. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Thank you for understanding. Um, So that is why um, I think I came with this list a little bit differently, and I I like that we have these different dynamics that we're coming at it with. Um, I do have, not on my list, but there's a Star Wars scene that's an honorable mention. It is not that one, though. So, we'll get there. Last Jedi. It's not in The Last Jedi either. What the heck? Yeah. What are you even pulling from, then? Um, it's also not in Force Awakens, because the Force Awakens one I see a lot, too. It, Kylie, it's me. What movie do you, what Star Wars movie do you think is going to make my list? Oh, when he cuts off his hand. Blah, blah, blah. Luke's just fighting wind. It's fine. <laughs> that's like half the battle. <laughs> How do you, how do you fight the wind? It's an honorable mention. How do you bury the sea? <laughs> it's an honorable mention, Kylie. All right, let's get there. Um, I'm gonna, I I think that you should be last, so I'm gonna go first okay. because I think that I think your list is. Sometimes we have feelings about whose <laughs> list is more correct. Okay. I think it's gonna be Kylie's. I think Kylie's is more correct than Josh's. What? No, there's no right or wrong answer here. I just wrote paragraphs about why I think these are good. Okay, there's no right or wrong answer here. Uh, let's let's take us back to let's take us back to when we were doing uh, top five kids of famous people. Uh huh. And somehow in the middle of an episode, you were like, "No, no, you win. You got it. You got the right person." Yeah, because I forgot Domino Gleason. <laughs> so I feel like. There's going to be a moment in this where I'm going to be like, oh no, Kylie wins. Like, she's right. This is the winner. No pressure, by the way. See, my number five, I have it really narrowed down to two, and I'm really hoping that I figure it out before the time you start talking. Well, I'll do my five first. So <laughs> oh, you'll go. just do all five? <laughs> no, I just went, I'll do... I can do, see if one uh, of them is on there. I'll do number five. Um, and then we can go here. So this category for me... 
is basically called sports. Sports fights. Oh, okay. Um, and so this would include. You're not gonna have mine though. Oh, <laughs> you're gonna have the other one on here. I have. I have my ten favorite. Well, I have ten. Okay. I have my ten favorite. Uh huh. Based on and my on Letterboxd. Uh huh. In no particular order. Yes. But like, you were like, there might be crossover, and you're gonna go with this one. You're not gonna go with this one. <laughs> All right, I got it figured out. I'm good. I've come down. I, I'm interested to see which one you think I'm gonna go with. Um, this is this is exciting. Oh my god, this is exciting, Josh, listeners. You, okay, okay I'm do you just want you. ten? Do you just want ten? I could just go, I'll just sit here and I'll be like, mm-hmm. I will be the Keanu <laughs> to your Kenneth. Josh, you haven't <laughs> seen all of them. <laughs> all right, so I call this That's one not an insult to you. I know, I know. We have movie blind spots. It's fine. Um. I the call, I call this one sports. Uh, and sports is basically there was a the the fighting had to be influential and uh, integral to the sports film itself. So it had to be like some sort of sports thing based in a fighting thing. So this could be wrestling, this could be boxing, this could be UFC, this could be martial arts, all kinds of those things where like fighting is uh, influential or is integral to the film. So my my three honorable mentions are the final fights the final fight in the wrestler um the really emotional kind of get there um the uh, Apollo versus Rocky one the the big final fight in Rocky I think that one was really good my one that just squeaks just misses making the list and because it's probably the most technically savvy like boxing fight scene out there and that is Jake LaMotta versus Sugar Ray Robinson and Raging Bull well I thought that one um, you might also have. That yep. one's that one's an important one. Yeah, here's very why. important. Yeah. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why, everyone. Okay. We're gonna talk about it just briefly. It's on, yeah. It's on my honorable mention. Yeah, absolutely. But like because Scorsese, right? Uh huh. He's like, okay, I'm I'm tired of all this like spectator nonsense. Yeah. Let's put the camera inside of this. Very cool. And then you're like, oh, okay, this is bad. <laughs> and then intense, like no. Yeah, you're walking up. You're watching Rocky and Apollo, and you're like, yeah. And then you're watching Raging Bull, and you're like, oh. I don't want to be a boxer. It looks hard. <laughs> Looks like I get hit in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think that glove's doing much padding. Yeah. Alright, anyways, Josh, as you were saying. No, that's that was those were pretty much my point but, of why it was so close. But my, the one that does make my list is Daniel LaRusso. Oh himself. my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> it is uh, the karate kid, the final You're fight. The best around Nothing's ever gonna bring you Okay, uh, get my paragraph. Sweep the leg, Johnny. Sweep the leg, Johnny. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna leave this off my number five. You have saved me, Josh. Okay, good. I'm glad. You can also talk about this. Feel free oh, I will. to talk about this. Uh, I, the Karate Kid is... So the reason why the final fight sequence in The Karate Kid, the final fight between uh, Johnny and Daniel, makes my list is because I don't think it's the most tech... Like, if I was doing a list of, like, the best martial arts fight sequences in movies, this is nowhere near the list. Um, also, but what it is, is it's just this culmination of this movie, which is so earnest and so honest and so just about those anxieties of what it means to try to, to find yourself in this world and then find yourself within your world that you want to be in. He wants to be in this martial arts world. He wants to figure out who he is. And he's got this, this, this other dojo, this person who's representative of everything that he's not. And so he has to overcome those things. And so the fight itself is overcoming 
your your obstacles in the face of steep, steep doubt and steep, steep pain. And to watch him go through it and the moves that they represent here, the fight that they actually present is really is nothing more than pure storytelling. It is Daniel starts out and he gets two quick points and then he has to overcome and overcome because his knee injury is getting worse and worse and worse. So finally we get to the final crane moment and you just, you're so like, how is he going to do this on one leg? And then you realize that all the training that Mr. Miyagi has given him over the course of this film is to be able to succeed in circumstances where the odds are against you in where you have been injured and you have been hurt and you just you watch him do this final move which probably is illegal and he shouldn't be allowed to do but he does it and wins so yeah well and Danny LaRusso and the whole thing is just hopping on one foot that entire yes. time and you're watching yeah. it neither Billy Zabka nor Ralph Macchio are trained in martial arts but the fact of the matter is this director allows to keep the camera on these two mm-hmm people who don't have that specific training on them. It's the Rocky director. John G. Alvidson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it's just incredible that he keeps it on them so long. And what also affects that scene is that you kind of empathize with also Billy Zabka's character. Yeah. Because he goes off and like, I don't know, the jerk who isn't, David Hasselhoff is like <laughs> not Hasselhoff. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. is like I don't know. Go out there and murder this kid, and like Dan, not Danny. Uh, Johnny just looks so like like twisted about yeah. it. He's like very much like I don't know if I should do this, but he understands the consequences of what will happen if he doesn't. And like that whole time, these two actors are actually like pretty good at showing this fight between them and like you just feel so bad for Ralph Macchio. Yeah, because yeah, I agree 100%. And then you, he definitely does an illegal move, you're right. Yeah, like the like, big cornerstone of Cobra Kai. So like I'm really confused on how LaRusso wins with this crane move because even earlier in the fight no kicks to the face. No kicks to the face. Like it's it's clearly said and like uh Johnny does these moves that are, like, illegal, and he's, like, told to back off, and he doesn't get points for the takedown, and yet this final move, like, I'm gonna kick you right in the face, and somehow win. And I also think that there's a difference between a martial arts scene, like, you're in a fight to, like, for sport, versus you're in a fight for your life. And I think that that it's a different kind of scenario and that this is a good version of that. Like, these two kids aren't actually trying to murder each other. Mm -hmm. Like, there are stakes between them and it is a competition and they do want to win. However, more or less, like, they might sustain a bit of an injury, but, like, they're going to be okay. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so I think that being, like, this is not the best martial arts scene, like, it doesn't have to be. It's a different type of martial arts scene. Yeah, absolutely. Also, like, Billy Zapka does the thing where he, like, is on his back and he jumps up and I just don't think that most Americans should be able to do that. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> <laughs> and point. <laughs> um. All right. Uh. What do you got? What's your What's your number five? Evil Dead Two. Evil. De- <laughs> Ash breaks his own hand. Yes. <laughs> um. This is an honorable mention for me later. 
This is absolutely an honorable mention for me also. Yeah. Well, okay, so... Wait, was your debate between Sweep the Leg and Ash in His Hand? Well, yeah. Okay. All My right. number five, The Ridiculous Song. <laughs> all right, fair. Yes, okay. Um, so, like... Forget all of these deadites. Mm-hmm. Like, the mm-hmm. biggest enemy of this is Ash's own Yeah, hand. absolutely. Where, like, it's this very comedic scene and a very slapsticky scene, and as you're watching it, you're kind of, you're having a fun time and laughing, but the reason why this film works is that Bruce Campbell is doing his Ash thing, but he also uses his hand to manipulate his hand to be a character of yes. its own. Yeah. If that hand does not come off as a separate entity from himself, none, none of, of this works. works. And, like, when he's lying on the ground and the hand is just like, Man, <laughs> he's just, like, laughing and silly. It's, it's completely ridiculously silly, but, like, this, it's such a fun slapstick comedy conglomeration within it that you're just kind of like, yes, this is, like, the greatest fight that this guy has to go through. Yeah. And the lengths that he's going to go through, essentially, to win this fight are ridiculous. But yeah. you're like, yeah, Chainsaw is the only way that it works. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and to me, if this fight sequence doesn't work and his performance doesn't work, the movie doesn't work. That's how integral this fight sequence is to the movie and how much that just, as you said, it's him versus himself. And that is, there's so much fun to be had with this in this fight sequence. Yeah, absolutely. It's good times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that I think that we might actually have a lot of honorable mention crossover, but maybe not the actual fights themselves. Who knows? Life's a mystery. It's just a good time. Yeah. My number four is... My number four is what I call my kind of... My blockbuster category, my swashbucklery kind of adventure category. Um, in, In many ways, it is the fight sequence inside of a bigger movie it is one uh, and so some of my honorable mentions here are my arrow there's some of the arrow flynn stuff in captain blood and the adventures of robin hood there is the Nico montoya versus dread pirate roberts uh, sword fight sequence in um in the princess bride there is one of my favorite sequences which i kind of forgot about till i was doing some research which is there is this amazing sword fight between Johnny Depp and Orlando Bloom in the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Inside of the blacksmith. In the blacksmith shop. That sequence is just so much fun. And I think that because the Pirates franchise has gone on for so long and Depp has so much baggage around him that when I went back to rewatch that fight sequence, I forgot how much that scene itself just ties you into this movie. Um, and, And you just, you realize how, what, type of movie and how much fun you're going to have in the Pirates of the Caribbean movie in that first sequence. But the one that I pick, um, I just couldn't leave this specific one off my list, even though I think we've talked about, maybe not this sequence in particular, but this film enough. Um, and that is a scene from, it's not a sword fight scene, but it is kind of, it's adventure, it's a fist-to-fist hand, it's a hand-to-hand scene where two characters are fighting over a gun, and it is in Raiders of the Lost Ark, and it is the scene where uh, Indy fights this giant Nazi while a plane spins over the top of them. 
And what I like about this scene and how it kind of fits into my kind of big swashbucklery kind of like adventure scene is that it is a very straightforward hand-to-hand fight sequence where Andy kind of gets his tail handed to him. Yeah, because he sucks. Because he sucks. <laughs> and this guy's big and he's strong. Yeah. <laughs> he's... <laughs> He's basically against an NBA player. Oh, what? He doesn't have a book with him. Uh, (laughs) Let me read you to sleep. (laughs) But what this sequence does is it sets up all of these elements around this fight. And the plane is as integral to this fight as anything else. So Indy and Marion are breaking out of the chamber where they found the where they found the ark and they've been trapped there and they're breaking out of it and they realize that they're trying to fly the ark out of this out of the location where they are in Egypt and they're like we have to stop the plane. So they get up there and Indy's trying to get to the pilot and then big Nazi guy comes out and in the fight against big Nazi guy Marion takes the block out and the plane starts moving around like cause she hits the other pilot with it and so this whole fist fight sequence takes place as they're like dodging the wings of the plane the, the propellers that are going and they're trying to not get run over and they're both trying to reach for this gun and neither of them can get to it and in, Andy is getting his tail handed him through this whole fight but the characters are are all t- their goals are clear Marion is trying to keep this fight one on one so that it can be safe um, she's like, she's in the cockpit of the plane. Andy is trying to survive so that they can get the arc and trying to get through and get out of this place safely and alive. And it builds and builds in this Spielbergian fashion to where all of a sudden there's an oil leak and things are going to blow up and the propeller keeps cutting things in half. And you know that it's going to be a, a, a eventual like deciding factor is somebody's going to get into this propeller it happens. Um, but the fight itself is just so much fun to watch it play out. And what is nice about it, as compared to some of these other fight sequences, is it's about the environment and how to how a fight sequence can be told about a character losing a fight. And even though our character doesn't necessarily win this specific fight, he does win the battle because he gets to survive. And I just think it's an interesting use of a fight sequence is showing how strength and size versus logic it's not always about strength and size and, and so i appreciate luck. that and luck sometimes it's about luck okay yeah. i have a question yes i might have missed this while you're talking so this was so this these fights were like a fight within a larger film yes. so they weren't the centerpiece yes yeah okay i have a question uh-huh did you include the they live fight well, that's that... a good fight. Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. I just, I didn't think okay. of it until this very moment. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but that's a good fight. But there's an honorable mention. Yeah, the They Live fight between, um... Roddy Ryder Piper. And... A uh, guy. <laughs> who's the other actor? A person? But, uh, is it Ozzy Davis? Keith David. Keith David. Keith David. Uh, that's a great fight, too, between Piper and Keith David. That's a great honorable mention. I just yeah. thought I, like, stopped paying attention while you were listing your honorable <laughs> mentions. I was like, that seems like a... Yeah. Like, I, I like, it... It didn't get put on my list, but I was like, oh, it's a, yeah. that's an honorable mention. Yeah, since absolutely. you had this category, yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah. That's a good be- one. No, this is why, like I said, <laughs> Kylie is going to be the definitive expert on this. No, because I'm not. Even I'm, really in my not. Categories, I'm not. I'm not the definitive expert. Kylie has her PhD in movie fights. <laughs> Guys, I have to tell you, we didn't do the how'd this get on the, how'd this get on the calendar, but like, this was the easiest one in all of our planning to get on the calendar because as soon as like we're trying to figure out what was John Wick and I was like movie fight scenes and like you Kylie were... was just like yeah well you originally said the Matrix now I was kind of like oh. yeah 
watch that again, I guess. <laughs> Which I like the Matrix, but I was I was just like, I don't what is there to talk about? Right? It's already been said. Yeah. That's like the issue with talking about some of these like bigger films and like how I feel about if I'm gonna say anything on Letterboxd, like what what am I supposed to say about this yeah. film that yeah. hasn't been said? Unless you have a very unique take in some way. Yeah, yeah. this film sucks. <laughs> Citizen King. <laughs> Citizen Lame. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the Rosebud should have been like a dragon or something. <laughs> Rosebud? More like. Uh, Airbud. <laughs> That's it. There it is. You did it. That was the joke. Good job. Thank hey, you. what's your four? Uh, I really freaked out a student when I told him, like, they were like, yeah, I want to see if the CGI of that movie holds up. And I was like, no, the, the dog actually shoots the basketball. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, no, the. Buddy the Wonder Dog could actually do that. They're like, no way. Yeah. They're like, but what, doesn't it like smash their face in? And I'm like, uh, no more so than when it hits a child's face. <laughs> <laughs> What's my next one? Yeah. My next one is by a little, <laughs> a little lady named Charlie Theron in, oh, the, in the film Atomic Blonde. Ooh. And I chose the staircase scene. This is an honorable mention. That eventually me. leads into a room. Yes. <laughs> um, so David Leach, um, who is one of the co-directors of the first John Wick. He's an uncredited like, associated director. Mm -hmm. And so, like, he goes and he makes this Atomic Blonde. And Atomic Blonde incorporates action scenes so well in it and i think the staircase scene which is shot to look like a one-shot scene although because i know how life works i know that it's not one right. shot but it looks like it and he does hold on charlie theron in such a way that is so satisfying now there was another f there was another american fight scene that i thought was actually going to make this list until i rewatched it i actually realized that it wasn't that good and it was this transporter scene with Jason Statham where they're in this like bus hold. Mm -hmm. And what the difference between these two scenes are is that David Leach is not afraid to hold the camera on Charlize Theron. Yep. There is tension the whole time you're watching. You are like freaked out by how is she going to get through all of this. You see her get knocked down. You see her get thrown against the wall and you feel that kind of pain that she is going through. And I think that what oftentimes with a lot of American actors is that they don't have the training to necessarily pull off a lot of this fight choreography. And what I appreciate about Charlize Theron is that she goes full-heartedly like, no, I'm going to do this. And mm -hmm. she goes through and she's great at it. And she is spectacular to watch. And her facial expressions are very captivating. And you're watching and you're just like, oh, this poor lady. <laughs> Please, like, kill these people. Please just get it over with already. And, like... A lot of the people that she's fighting in the scene are bigger than her, but she pulls it off because, like, she's smarter and she's more feisty and, like, she has, like, I don't know, fire in her belly because she's just trying to protect this guy and whenever he, she sees him, he's like, no, we're okay. We're okay. Like, there's blood falling out. Like, her teeth are falling out, but she's like, we're fine. We're gonna get through this. And it's just so amazing to watch this scene in, like, full because you're just like, how did they do this? They literally threw Charlize yeah. Theron down a staircase and she's fine. Yeah. 
and that's it's just her willingness to be a part of the action and just that that sequence itself when it comes up it, it take it took me a moment to realize that they weren't quote unquote cutting mm-hmm. like I know there were like I know that there was because there there has to have been but the um, fact that they're even willing to hold for yes. twenty seconds yeah. and twenty seconds is a long time but they're hold, willing to hold. For 20 to longer seconds. Well, and it's why I think that Leech and Stahelski are becoming these two big action directors right now, is because they're taking techniques that are not common anymore, and that, te- that simple technique is, show the fight. Mm-hmm. Hold. Don't cut. Especially not common in American cinema. Yes, absolutely. American blockbuster filmmaking, even, mm-hmm. you know? It's not... It's not done with CGI. It's not done with pre-visualization. It's not done in terms of cutting away and, you know, a lot of the, the a lot of, like, I don't want to rag on the Bournes because I actually think the Bournes are really good shaky cam cinematography, but, like, the films that come out of the Bourne franchise that are, like, just shake the camera and, like, cut away before we hit a sound effect and make the audience appear or something. And something about the Bourne uh, films, which I don't think a lot of people realize, if you actually watch anything that's behind the scenes uh-huh. and you actually just see the behind-the-scenes fights, yeah. those actors are doing a lot of the work themselves. It's stylized mm-hmm. for effect, not stylized for... The actor's... Ability slash it's cheaper and quicker to do it like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I love that with Leech and Stahelski, what they're doing is they're saying, no, we want active fighting participants again. We want to bring this style back. And because they're becoming successful directors, and Stahelski stayed pretty much in the John Wick franchise, but Leech has branched out to do um, Atomic Blonde, to do Deadpool 2, which, though I don't love Deadpool 2, the fight sequences are, are fun. They're really good in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's also got Hobbs and Shaw coming out, and so and, that'll be interesting. And I think, like, I'm not going to blame Deadpool 2 on uh, David Leach. I just think that he was in the middle of a studio conglomerate yeah. and they were like, no, we this is what we do. Yeah. We previs. Yeah. We do the action scenes with CGI when possible. Yeah. And so, like, he was just like, oh. I will be interested to see if Hobbs and Shaw... Kind take, of goes back. Kind of goes back, and maybe because you've I th- got Jason Statham, you've mm-hmm. got The Rock, both of them know how to fight on camera. Um, there's a whole sequence in the second trailer that reveals Roman Reigns, who's a current professional wrestler and a distant, very distant cousin of The Rock. Um, like, you've got this, there is fighting that can be done on camera mm-hmm. with people who know how to do it. The only person who I don't know is Idris, but Idris very well might, you know, have put the work in. So I'm hoping that we are... Yeah, everyone wanted him to be James Bond. Uh-huh. And I was I was always like, I, I okay, I get, like... Sure. I get the, the, the physical appeal of that. Yeah. Does Idris have the background for it? Because, yeah. like, I want my next James Bond to, like, go up and just, well, like... <laughs> go up and, like... And, like, punch someone in the face. I want to see it. Well, I Which think... was something that Daniel Craig did. He yeah. did the parkour and, like, not all of it, but he did a good portion of his own action scenes, and that was interesting. And I think the the hole that we might have in our Idris Elba watching is Luther. I know that I think I know that's a very aggressive show. It's a crime film. I've I've seen the first series. Oh, okay. And so is like, there fight sequences in that? Sure. Okay. But it's just like ugh, ugh. Okay, so it's television. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Alright. Um Perfect, yeah. Um my number three 
is uh, the category that I called group scenes. Just like our, they were like one versus another, um, or maybe a couple versus another group. One, oh, or, like one group versus another group? Yeah. Sorry, when you said one versus another, I was like, sorry, no. So D- Danny LaRusso <laughs> versus no, Johnny. Sorry, it's like one person versus a group, or maybe a couple, three, four people versus a larger group. Okay. Um, and so that's kind of the, the thing here. So John so, Work versus New York City. Okay. John Wick versus New York City. That's a great. <laughs> I actually do have a John Wick honorable mention, which is the home, home invasion. invasion sequence. Um, the my Lord of the Rings honorable mention is here as well, which this is the what remains of the Fellowship versus the orcs. Which like, um, honestly, like the hobbits are throwing rocks. Like <laughs> they're really cute cheerleaders, but this fight is Boromir, Aragorn, Aragorn, Legolas, Legolas and Gimli, Gimli. <laughs> versus. Orcs. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've got The Bride versus The Crazy 88 from that's, Kill Bill. That's an honorable mention. Um, I do have the stairway sequence from Atomic Blonde. Um, I've got the Baseball Fury sequence from The Warriors, um, which is where the Warriors are fighting the Baseball Furies, because, you know, why not? That movie's kind of ridiculous and fun. I've never seen it. Oh, I think you'd enjoy The you Warriors. You caught my attention because you were like, hmm, I can't remember her name. Who did the uh, Zero Dark Thirty film? Um, Catherine Bigelow. Yeah, you were like, Catherine Bigelow should remake that film. She should. She'd be really great. I think you'd enjoy The Warriors. What if we got Deborah? Also good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What about Lynn? Yeah. Because they're all, like, Lynn... The trifecta. The trifecta. <laughs> Catherine's going to produce. Uh-huh. Uh, Lynn is going to write. Okay. And Deborah's going to direct. Okay. But they're all going to help each other do all of it. They're gonna but, su- like, those are the credits. You mean they're going to support them each other like women should? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I can when we get money <laughs> this is happening like and if they don't want to we're like here's some more money because <laughs> I, I think that all of them deal in some way with male aggression and yeah I masculinity. would love to see any of their takes on that movie Catherine Bigelow yeah. so my number three scene is from Bong Joo-ho's Snowpiercer Ooh. Um, and it is what I call the lights out fight sequence uh, about halfway through the film, we get to this moment where our our protagonist, Chris Evans, and his band of merry men from the back of the train are trying to make their way forward through it. And through the first part of the film, through the first part, like, stuff happens, there are consequences, but it's been a fairly easy, so to speak, run through of the back half of the train. And then we get to... We get to start getting to the rich people. Yeah. <laughs> and so right before that is the... I think it's pronounced Koenagi Bridge. And that's basically their new year. They get This is the start of their track every year. Um, and right after their new year, they have... There's this long tunnel. And the front of the train knows this because the front of the train has windows. And so they understand that they're going to lose light. And the back half of the train does not understand this until it's too late. And so the front half of the train is able to use night vision goggles as this battle is beginning. And uh, the first part of this this sequence starts as done in night vision. And we're just seeing this this small group of, of train passengers trying to like get at each other, get at them. And they can't. They're slashing wildly. And the, the group that can see is just having a field day and just taking out everybody left and right. So we're down to a few characters that are left, and then from the back of the train comes fire. 
because the fire will bring the light. And there's all these torches and they're running forward. And then the rest of this scene is lit by this beautiful orange light, which allows us to see through the fight sequence and allows us to see Chris Evans, who is fighting his way through to try to get to the front of the front of this car and try to get to Tilda Swinton, who is the proxy for the guy who for the actual leader of the train. And his fight sequence through is just this struggle to get there. And by the time that he gets to the front of the train and he gets to Tilda, he's up to a choice. He has to make this choice between best friend Jamie Bell and moving forward with the mission. And it is this choice and a sacrifice that he has to make in order to continue on for his people. And I think the fight itself becomes this real metaphorical uh, look at the inner turmoil that he has to that he faces. He can continue to fight forward and he continue to do so, or he can go back. He can go back to his spot, and and it's just the real driving force of this fight is that choice that he has to make. So, yeah. That is my sequence from Snowpiercer. That film has someone in it. It's got... Please don't say Chris Evans. Chris Evans. Please don't say and Jamie Bell. Jamie Bell and Tools No. And Octavia Spencer. You're not getting the guy that I was looking for. I know. I for. don't know his name. Song Kang-ho. There it is. Song <laughs> Kang-ho. I, I, every time I'm like, I'm going to remember Song <laughs> Kang-ho because I really like him in the movie. He's great. I think that you would have a fun time with The Good, The Bad, The Weird, which is a Korean... I also think I'd have a good time with this movie. Western, because he's super strange in it. Yeah. Um, it's a, Snowpiercer is actually like the first time I saw him and I was like, this guy's being serious? Yeah. <laughs> But is he? Is he being serious at Snowpiercer? <laughs> kind of. Kind of, yeah. He's, 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 he's run down a bit. He's having a good time, though. Yeah. Uh, I like him as a performer. I mean, I the only thing I've seen is Snowpiercer, but I've, I do really like him. I think you would also like the host. Oh, yes. The, not the... Not... N- not the... Not the... David Saoirse Ronan... What? There's lots of them. Not yeah. the Searsha Ronan teen book. It's just called Host. Is that That's just called Host? And there's a David Hyde Pierce one where he hosts a party and then it turns into like a murder party. Okay. But the, the other one. Hey, what's your number three? Old boy. Old boy? Yeah. Whew, old boy. Okay, here we go. Nothing too bad. Okay. Just post we rip out a guy's teeth. Yeah, great. It's- it's not that. It's a hallway fight. Oh, yeah, that's a good fight. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, I mean, like, so, like, <laughs> this, this works well, because, like, it's the one versus an entire group, right? Yeah. So here's a good one. Yeah, there we go. Um, Where, like, so the, the scene starts where you see that you're in a hallway. You see how, like, limited space you have. Because the argument always happens, like, why don't you all fight them all at once? Well, you can't. Yeah. The scene is set up so well that... It is impossible for them to be able to actually, like, fight go at fight him all at once. Mm-hmm. The music in this scene is terribly sad music. Yeah. It is not like, ding, 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 and you're like, yeah, but you're watching the and you're just you're like you're sad as you watch this man attempt, essentially have to go through this entire fight sequence through all of these hordes of people. It's this is a one shot. It's about four minutes long. And, like, he gets stabbed in the back, and the knife stays there this entire time. You're watching this film, and you're just like, how 
does this happen? There's a little bit of improvisation because some of the props sometimes get in the way and our main character has to kick them out of the way because like he's he's all about that safety. Mm -hmm. But you're just watching all these people and all he has is his hammer and he gets knocked down. But like he's smart and he just starts like clobbering these people's feet. <laughs> and you're just, you're watching this and you're not... This is one of the reasons why this fight scene is so powerful is because you're not like like championing and having a great time. You're actually feeling kind of sickening by all yeah. of this that's happening. And then at the very end of the scene, you look, you they cut and they go to a different scene where you see the guy and you see everyone behind him. The sad music's still playing and this man smiles. And you're not like... Yeah, good job! We're so proud of you, Keanu! You are, like, disturbed, and you're afraid of this main character further. This scene is done very well not to make us be like, Yeah, action! Violence! Your scene is to make you be like, This is a broken, broken man. Which we've already seen at, up until this point, but this kind of is just, like, not the full cherry on top, but it is just... It shows you the depths of human pain and like what you're willing to go through essentially for your revenge. Nice. Yeah, I don't think I have anything to add to that. That's yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna put a pin in the idea of why can people only fight at once? Um, people fight one at a time, mm -hmm. and I want to come back to that idea, but I, I'm gonna come back to it for my number one. And, and I know that there are some like there are some yeah. real reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like. The, the crazy 88s does it well yes. where like it's not all 88 of them actually fighting at once because that's ridiculous and they would like <laughs> kill each other Yes, but like they throw in four or five people at once Yeah, and like that's the um so I'm gonna come back to it because the that's actually a reason why the crazy 88 fight doesn't make one of my list doesn't make my list um but I'm gonna come back to it for my number one You're because they, we deal with it there um no so it's a tease friends oh it's a tease um, my number two, we're going, we're going, um, I'm, okay, I'm just gonna, I don't know how these- You seem like you're struggling. It's I, okay, Josh. Everything, your list has been fine so thank far. Thank you. I, I don't- I don't want you to think that, like, I'm looking down upon I, it. I don't. It's, I am, it's okay that you didn't write paragraphs. <laughs> I yes, <laughs> fair enough. I don't, I- I at one point knew how these three scenes were like a category together, and now I'm looking at it and I'm like, I don't know. Genre? Maybe your genre. This okay. is this is how, genre fight scenes. I'll help you figure it out. Okay. You didn't like label it. <laughs> so, but I did, but I didn't. What? Like, I they were kind of like it's just the other ones made sense when I looked at them. This one I'm not sure anymore. Okay. So my my three scenes, two honorable mentions have already been named, and then the one that's in there. So we've got Ash versus his hand. We've got uh, Empire Strikes Back, Luke versus Vader, and then the one that makes it... Is this people loses their hands the fight? <laughs> no, no, but there's also somebody <laughs> who doesn't have a hand in this fight. Um, <laughs> the one that makes it is, is our friend Charlize. She's back. She's back and she makes the list. Um, and this is in Mad Max Free Road. What is um, this? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think don't know. this is like handiness. <laughs> I think in my brain it was maybe like, I don't know, people fighting against other people for things? Is it like, I don't, I mean like the first two this really works out because it's like essentially an ultimate, like our hero versus an ultimate force because like, right? I don't know, the evil dead 
and like Darth Vader are both like mega conglomerates of like, yeah, I ain't gonna survive this. I don't really know how to. And then there's Shirley's versus Max. You know, it's fine. I don't really know how it works either, but this is what it is. So mm, I don't really know what this one was. It just came together in my brain somehow. What did you label it? I didn't. <laughs> I just had these three. Maybe these were just the three that didn't fit a category, so here they are. <laughs> here we are. Yes. Anyway, I really like the fight between uh, Furiosa and Max uh, on the edge of uh, the... So we're so early in the movie, and... We've already taken the left turn. Uh, we have taken the left turn. That's why I was kind of hoping John Wick 3 was going to be. Just the left turn? We just take a left turn and... Yeah, and see what happens. Yeah. And just restore books. We didn't talk about the gun restoration scene. Oh, we didn't. Do you want to talk about it now? I don't know. He did so much work all for one shot. It's a very important shot. Was it? Yes. Because <laughs> if the first guy gets him, the movie's done. No, if he stops. Okay, no, it is a very important shot because he doesn't have a gun at that point. Uh-huh. So he needs to build himself one that works. And he only has time to put one bullet in there that works. And then he takes the gun and he takes the gun from the first guy that he shoots. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't no, have No, he a... doesn't. Does he do- He runs away. Because there's everyone behind him. He can't go run and take that gun from him. He keeps running to the back. He gets, like, the first person that comes after him from there, he takes their oh, gun. Oh, well, never mind. Not pointless. Just to show the restoration. I know. Just to show how yeah, smart right, he is. Fair enough. Yeah. Because <laughs> I thought he took that guy's gun, and therefore then he had a gun. It's too far away. He, he can't go back to the door and get the gun from that no, guy. No, you're right. You're, unless, you're unless he doesn't kill the guy that he shoots, uh-huh. and that's the first guy whose gun that he does take, but it's made unclear. That it would be unclear at that point. But now that I'm looking for it, maybe uh-huh. I'll go back and I'll figure yeah, it out. Because I'll look at clothing. I need you to tell me okay. if that's true. So the gun restoration <laughs> scene. Give it ten years, I'm sure there'll be a think piece on it. Max versus Furiosa uh-huh. in Mad Max Fury Road uh, is the scene where Max is so sorry. We taken the left turn. We're on our own in the we we fought we fought off all of the henchmen of the the man names are leaving my brain right now, which is the issue with this with the sentence. Um, what are a Morton Joe's henchmen called? I don't remember. But a Morton Joe's henchmen. We fought off a lot of them. The gross. The, the grossy grosses? Yeah. The, the, the They're kind of just gross. Spray paint guys? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Valhalla. So, oh, I, they do have a name. Yeah, Let me right? figure it out. Let me All figure right. it out. So a Morton Joe's guys are chasing them down. We, we've beaten them off, uh, except for, uh, we've got Mad Max and, um, Nicholas Holt hanging around. And Mad Max ends up getting the jump, the drop on them and has the shotgun and is trying to break free. And what I like about this fight sequence is, is that it happens, it's, it's this weird moment of brevity in this film that's also still a fight scene. Um, because it is about figuring out these characters' motivations throughout this whole sequence. And yes, we're technically two characters fighting over a gun and fighting over freedom, but then we get Nicholas Holt involved in this in this fight, and he has a point of view about what he's trying to do, and then the women who are who are watching this fight or who are, who are tangentially involved with the fight all think that it's both Max and Nicholas Holt against... Um, Furiosa, when really Max is just trying to be on his own, and that, that by the end of this fight, that he, the Furiosa has convinced Max that they should at least ride together because it's the only way they can go. They're the war boys. The war boys. Um, 
So, the way that this scene is staged and choreographed and the way that it is heightened and the way that we just... The story that we're told is so clear and so concise and it's driven by the characters and it's driven by the fact that we all just need to survive in this world is what I really enjoy. And like when I think of Mad Max Fury Road, I think of this scene in particular. And it's it's just it's it's a it's a good, good fight scene. Charlie's is great. It is. Yeah. And I do not remember this fight That's scene. Okay. I'm so sorry. That is okay. You brought up Snowpiercer in this, and I'm like, maybe I should go rewatch those films. <laughs> those are both like Josh picks. Like those are both like yeah, Josh just loves these movies. Yeah, it's strange because I'm pretty sure one of those is in the penalty box. Are they? I'm pretty sure one of them. Oh is. no! Did I do a penalty box film? I think you did. Uh oh. We're gonna find out. It'll be in double penalty box. Oh my gosh, where is this? <laughs> Duck's penalty box. Oh no, it's okay, because I'm about to bring one up too. Ah! Alright. What's in the penalty box that I brought up? Snowpiercer? Mad Max. Mad Max. Oh, Fury Road. dang it, sorry. Alright, so here's... So we both get one. Okay, great. Phew, okay. Because <laughs> I'm about to bring up Crouchy Tiger, Hater Dragon. <laughs> hey, everyone! Welcome to Crouchy Tiger Hidden Dragon. My name is Kylie. And you know what? We're nothing if not on brand. <laughs> We're not honorable like the assassins. <laughs> it's okay. I was like, maybe I should just put raiders in the penalty oh, box. Oh wait, who's that? It's an adjudicator coming to slide us a coin. <laughs> oh no. We must give penance. <laughs> I have served. I have been served. I will serve. Seven lashes for your films. Hold out your hands will fail to you. Ah! <laughs> Poor Angelica Houston. If people haven't seen this movie, they're gonna be like, what what are they on? It's okay, it's fine. Alright. It's so- not spoilery, so that's at least true. So Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um So there's a lot to talk about here, and there's a lot of uh, things that we could bring up, including the integration of wire work and the integration of martial arts and everything. And I think that Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragons does it very, very well. And the film, the specific fight I'm going to be bringing up is actually between Michelle Yeoh and Zhang Ji. This fight's an honorable mention for me, too. Um, where Zhang has the Sword of Destiny, which is supposed to be this very powerful sword. Um, and Michelle Yeoh just has all the weapons in the world for her to use. And what this film shows is that even though this one character holds the sword in her hand, because of her lack of experience and her not as much finesse as someone like Michelle Yeoh has, she essentially cannot defeat Michelle Yeoh. Mm -hmm. This actually really shows their characters very well because it begins with both of them being very, like, strong and, like, confident in themselves. And Michelle Yeoh keeps that confidence throughout this entire fight, even though Throughout it, she is constantly losing her weapons or having her weapons broken. While as it goes on, Zhang is continuously becoming more and more flustered and more and more anxious about the fight to the point where her hands are just shaking the entire time. And it just shows kind of like the grace and the style that Michelle Yeoh's character has versus Zhang, who is this very amateur, not amateur, but... um it's a good word. Novice. Mm-hmm. Not professional. Yeah. Untrained. <laughs> Untrained uh, fighter. And I think that this fight sequence really brings in this 
how we were talking about like in last episode how ballet and how fight choreography are these things that are an art form and require grace and they require practice and training and Mm -hmm. i think that this one shows it so very well and it's just so magical to watch this weapons play between these two characters one of the things i really like about this fight is that um the logic of the weapon choices uh, plays out in the choreography and plays out as well. So we have uh, Zheng Ji who's picking like the sword of destiny, like the most powerful sword. And at one point near the end of the fight, um, Michelle Yeoh's character uh, uses the power of that sword against it mm-hmm. because it breaks her weapon in half but in doing so she knows that her finishing position is going to have her now even more deadly cut in half weapon at the throat of Zhengzhi. And mm-hmm. like so she the fight itself is about what you're talking about, the confidence in your abilities and confidence in yourself versus relying on other things than yourself and your confidence. On something outside of your own abilities. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I've been giving my honor Novice <laughs> That was the word I wanted. Ah uh, there you it said was, that word. Did I? I said amateur. Yeah. I think you got there next. Okay. Either way. It's written in my paragraph. (laughs) Uh, I've been giving my honorable... Oh, I I needed to bring up a person during this one. Oh, okay. So sorry. It's in bold, and I definitely just didn't bring it up. Well, you got to. Um, So, Yoon Woo Ping, who is actually one of the... I'm going to use the word famous. He, he is a very famous and notable uh, stunt choreographer who has done a lot of things with Asian cinema, but as well as American cinema. And I think that we, his choreography, we owe a lot to. He's known for things like The Matrix. He did this fight scene in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. He's a legend. We stand a legend. We stand a... Legend. A legend. Wait, what's his name? <laughs> Uh, Yuan Wu Ping. He was the he was the first person who I threw up on my yeah, yes. my Mount Rushmore. There you go. And I I feel like now should be the time I explain. You should who that person who is. and why. Yeah. Uh, I've been doing my honorable mentions throughout, so I will do my last honorable mentions when I get to my number one. So, what honorable mentions do you have? Oh, I left my page. I left my list. <laughs> um, I, I John Wicks. <laughs> <laughs> I have Tony Jaa um, from The Protector. The Protector's a bad scene, or it's a bad movie, but there's a staircase scene that I think is actually incredible. Uh-huh. I have The Kill Bill Crazy 88s. I have Rocky Balboa. I have SPL Killzone. Um, and in that fight, that's Donnie Yen versus Wu Jing. Um, if you don't know the story behind that fight, like the, like the back stage story it's it's funny and hilarious and i just it's great i got rumble in the bronx the warehouse scene i got raging bulls um where we verse sugar ray and we're in the middle of the fight i got scott pilgrim versus the world which is the scott pilgrim and nines knives versus gideon graves just because i really like the influences of japanese anime on it um nice. and that's all that i have um, so my number one is, I guess, what I call the traditional martial arts-based fight scene. Um, and so these were actually the first five fight scenes that I thought of. 
these were the ones that like these are probably my top five i picked one to be my official one um but i felt like if we weren't gonna narrow this down i felt like by putting these five on my list I was really, really limiting mm-hmm. what the fight sequence could be, which is how and why they end up as my number one category and why the, the, all these fight scenes are here. I think that we could just do martial arts scenes. Because, we could, like, And yes. I, I think that... We probably still can and probably will. Yeah, I, I, and I think that it's very... It's really hard for us to just be to just sit down and be like you know what this is the best five ever no yeah worry. because like there are so many different styles there's so many different countries like my number one is not japanese chinese or from taiwan right which are some of the bigger hitters with this and, yeah and so like i think that there, there's just so much variability that i do think that it's fair to say like yeah these are probably some of the best, but I think that it's a good it's a good thing to include others. I mean, I had Evil Dead on here, Josh. Yes, and so that's why I was happy to include them. So basically, if I were to make these, these are probably in order, and I'll talk more top about my top one here. Um, so I have Michelle Yao versus Zhang Ji and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, that's such a good pick. It's it's such a good pick, Josh. It really is. You know, <laughs> a smart pick. It's a movie. I understand that... why you left it off because you don't want two penalty boxes. <laughs> See, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I have, uh, I need to rewatch Crouching Tiger because I respect that movie for its skill, but I don't, I don't have any personal feelings towards it. So I need to rewatch it and see if that's still true because it was introduced to me in a way where it's like, were you with people? I was with people and the, and there's the was... same people that was like fetishizing like that culture, like not only just like Japanese, Chinese, like far East culture, so to speak, you know? So. Yes. Um, I feel like there's a there's a thing. I feel like a lot of middle schoolers and high school schoolers do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm I or, I or I, at least in the nerdy crowd. I definitely did too. Yeah. But like, I'm an adult and I still appreciate them yeah. and I love them. But I'm not like, man, I want to be. I'm not Avril Lavigne. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Fair. Um, my number the number four uh, honorable mention here is uh, Neo versus Smith in the Matrix. Also um, directed by Yuan uh, Wu Ping, which is a great fight. Mm-hmm. I, it's just like that is the fight that uh, to me breaks the world and like is it's just really good. Well, that, and yeah. it includes everything like everything that the Matrix presents is all included in there. Yeah, Keanu is hurt in that. Yeah, he can't do very many kicks, and so that's why it's a little bit limiting. So when your actors can't do something, you change the choreography. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, my uh, number three is is a Scott Pilgrim pick. It's a different Scott Pilgrim pick than you had, um, because I like that fight a lot. But my favorite one from there is the Ramona versus Roxy fight. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really solid one. I also I just love the way that Scott like she uses Scott's body. I think that's really inventive. Uh, stuff like that. Um, so then we get to my number two, kind of the last honorable mention slash um, my number the pick that's actually in here. My number one, and this is. Uh, basically, Bruce Lee versus Jackie Chan, um, which is a fight that happens exactly one time in film because Jackie Chan is an extra in something. I want to say it's Enter the Dragon. It's this Enter the, Enter the Dragon fight, and like you can just see over the shoulder of Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan's head appears, and they do like one flip together, and you're like, yes, but like never well, again. Yeah. yeah, I mean Bruce Lee also is probably helps Jackie Chan's career get like yes. shot off the ground. I feel bad that I do not have a Bruce Lee on here. I feel so like. <laughs> 
I'm a sham. You're not Saying a sham. Saying that I'm an expert, like, <laughs> they're going to come strip me of my PhD. Maybe what we should do is, at some point in the future... You watch a bunch of Donnie Yen's and I'll watch some Bruce Lee's. Bruce Lee's, and then we'll talk about Bruce Lee and Donnie Yen. Yeah, there you go. And we'll also throw Jackie Chan in there, because you need some Jackie Chan. I do. Um, Can I not watch Rush Hours? Yes, I would not put any of the... I would not put any of his American stuff on there. Maybe Shanghai Night. Nights... But there's a better fight in Noon. But Nights is the better movie. We watched so Rumble in, in the Bronx. I liked did. that. Yeah. It was. But, so we've got Bruce Lee in Enter the Dragon. And there's this final fight where he is just going to town. And this is where this pin comes back into. Because Lee and Chan use the same kind of theory that one at a time is the best way to fight and it's because your audience will understand your audience can only grasp so much Mm -hmm. about what you're doing and therefore what they do is and lee takes this idea and then chan goes even further with it where you actually are fighting multiple people at one time but the pieces of the fight are structured together to where you actually are only fighting one person or one entity or one object at a time and so the audience can feel that that logic is true while also looking at like oh yeah a bunch of people are attacking them at the same time well and my thing about the why only like why only one fight at a time is less of a me thing because i also I understand yeah it's an internet thing yes of lo- oh okay also another thing yeah at some point, y'all internet people are gonna run out of pe- actors to not play Batman, and there will be no one left, so you guys just need to, like, shut up and let people make choices about who's gonna play Batman and just be okay with it. Can I tell you that I'm actually excited about this choice? Yeah, you told me. Yeah. We like, brought it up, like, a few months ago, because it was a rumor that uh-huh, he might, and, yeah. like, we were both like, yeah, good time. Yeah. Yeah, good time! <laughs> I think Ropat is actually a really interesting, unique choice to play Batman, and I think he could nail that like challenge of being Bruce Wayne in a way that maybe only Christian Bale actually got down. I'm actually really excited to see, especially with Matt Reeves as the director who did the Planet of the Apes franchise. I know we're throwing all the things out of the penalty box here. It's fine. Um, I think we need to reevaluate our penalty box at some point. <laughs> I think these films are probably fine to be in there. We just gotta pay attention to it. There is one that we are bringing out on the ice pretty soon who clueless yeah we are and that'll just go back in <laughs> i think it's just gonna be eliminated from the league <laughs> okay <laughs> so Air of the dragon and and bruce lee is really close to being here i chose a jackie chan fight and i probably oh wait wait what 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 yeah i we, we haven't oh, got we to haven't one even... yet oh yeah. man i'm gonna yeah. stop interrupting um i chose a jackie chan fight because Jackie Chan is what's important, was what allows, is my entryway as a kid into a lot of the martial arts films, um, and a lot of their, their kind of what they are. So I found Bruce Lee through Jackie Chan, and I found a lot of this fighting sequence up through Jackie Chan, and so I will admit this is a very personal pick for me, um, and it's not even, I realize I probably should pick his fight from Legend of Drunken Master, which is his brand of comedy and prop use done to the extreme and done really well. Um, and also that's the fight that they parody in Shanghai Noon. But you're doing Spy Next Door. But I'm doing Spy Next Door. Um, no. But I'm actually going to pick something from Rumble in the Bronx, and I'm going to pick the warehouse scene in Rumble in the Bronx. Um, because... You're fine. You don't have to be sorry. Um, you're totally good. Um, 
The reason being is Rumble in the Bronx was my first Jackie Chan film that I saw um, and that I got to really connect with. And it's the one that means a lot to me. It's actually the only Jackie Chan film that I own. I would own a lot more, but that's the only one that I do own. You own it? Um, yeah, it's right there under the rundown. Recently? Uh, I got it. I found it at Goodwill within the last six months. Okay. Yeah. Because we watched it on Netflix. Yeah. And then I and then I happened to and be... And then you were like, oh, I need this. And then I found it. So, Yeah. The reason Rumble in the Bronx is on my list is because, as I, as I said, it is the the fight that represents my introduction kind of into this world um, and my introduction and understanding that there was some training that was happening. There is some choreography. There's there's more than just what I see behind what is in this film and so what, what is on the screen. And so in this fight, Jackie is going to this warehouse where these hooligans have stolen all of this merchandise. And so there's pinball machines and there's pool tables and there's fridges and there's bottles of alcohol everywhere. And it's just, it's just this weirdly joyous fight that is about Jackie trying to get, trying to teach these fools a lesson that like, no, you shouldn't be robbing everybody. No, you shouldn't be causing all of this damage. No, you shouldn't be being these hooligans. And at the end of the day, the fight ends when Jackie stops and says that what you're doing is wrong. I hope you've learned a lesson because I've beat you up except for a guy with a gun. Um, and I hope the next time I see you, we can have tea together. And genuinely meaning that, genuinely meaning like, I wanted to teach you a lesson. I want, I want us to be happy and healthy and a whole people again. And the fight itself uses all of his prop comedy and uses all of his humor, but also uses all of his skill. You can just see every move that's happening. The way that he choreographs fights is so genius. The way that he uses one bit of the frame to set up the next bit of the frame, the way that his moves flow together, it just, it all comes in this really nice, wonderful package. There is a video from a YouTube channel called Every Frame a Painting that is about Jackie Chan and his comedy and his, his fighting together and how it works together. And it articulates much more clearly and much better than what I am doing about how Jackie Chan uh, uses fight choreography and why he is the success that he is. But yeah, Jackie Chan and the the warehouse fight in Rumble in the Bronx is my number one. Nice. Rumble in the Bronx is a good choice. Thank you. That's a funny choice. Yeah. We're having a lot of fun. I was surprised you didn't have a section for a comedic fight. Um, you know, I thought about it and then I was like, that's just a whole list on its own. <laughs> so I just didn't. <laughs> There's too many options. Uh huh. Unlike <laughs> martial arts fights. No, there was also too many options. Like, but, but I you were like, if I leave that one off, yeah, he's gonna have my. Well, head. also, like, if I leave that one off, I'm not doing the list ju the list justice. <laughs> justice. The fish, the tuna. What's your number one, Kylie? Well, you know. Josh, what's the, what was that, the, that action franchise that came out mm, within like the past 15 years and everyone went crazy for? John Wick. What was that non-American one that came out and everyone went crazy for? Jo Joshua. Joshua R. Darby. 
You don't own this. Um, The Fast and the Furious? No, no one cares about that. That was okay. more than 15 years ago. Okay, last 15 years, action franchise. Two ever- films. Two films. Mm-hmm. Everyone lost their- The Raid! Yeah. I did it. I actually went for The Raid 2, is where my fight comes from. In Chapter 3, there's a fight between um, Keanu Reeves and Yayan, Ruina, and Sepe Arif Raman. Um, and the tree of the human uh-huh. of John Wick is just fighting these two, uh, much better fighters than him, but you know, yes. fun times. So actually, um, Sesip Arif Raman is actually in my fight here against, uh, Iko Uwe's. And in this fight, this is the kitchen fight between it. Um, John Wick Chapter 3 kind of, like, does a little wink, because in both of the- in that fight scene, both of these characters against John Wick have these, uh, knife-like weapons against him, but they're two different knives. The one that's in Chapter 3 is the same weapon that he has in the Raid 2, and so it's kind of like a callback to it, Uh. but only us, like, true nerds. See, it wasn't distracting, it wasn't, like, fan service, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Good way to do fan service. There it is, yeah. And so, I didn't feel left out either. So, <laughs> you were like, oh, I know what that knife does. Yeah. <laughs> it cuts people open. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so this kitchen fight, which essentially just begins as this very slow-paced cat and mouse fight between these two people, grows and grows and grows throughout the entire fight. It's about six minutes. This is a long, pretty long fight scene. And it just grows in these, what the actions these two people are doing just, like, get ridiculous. These two actors are so in tuned with this fight that it looks so masterful. It does not look choreographed, however. It is mm-hmm. not like chapter three, not chapter three, episode three of Star Wars, which there are fight sequences in that that just look like a choreographed dance. Yeah. This, which it probably doesn't help that they have lightsabers that yeah. don't actually. That they have to know where to animate. Yeah. Yeah. That probably also yes. screw- Anyways, we're not here to talk about that. So these two actors never actually feel staged with this fight. And this is such a brutal fight where there are times where I'm like, how do you do that action? You just threw Ico against a <laughs> against a fridge and like you almost severed his spine, I'm pretty sure. And then he's like, I'm up, here we go. <laughs> um, and the music just builds and builds and builds but one of the reasons why i put this on there is as we've been saying like we love when you just hold the camera mm-hmm. and there are moments in this fight where he, he just holds the camera but gareth edwards also knows where he needs to cut where mm-hmm. he needs to cut to give the audience a better idea of what exactly is happening in a way that helps build the tension and doesn't make it look like oh the actors can't do this so i'm going to cut around this it's not like when liam neeson is trying to get over a fence and taken three, which oh requires like twenty cuts. <laughs> he does jump, <laughs> climb over, down, ground. He does this purposely so that you can see exactly what you need to see in this. And so, I think that this is showing two actors who are just so in tune with everything that they need to do. It shows excellent use of edit within a scene, and it just shows what the emotional journey that you can have through a fight of like this very like seemingly one toying the other to eventually this huge buildup of like just rage and energy between both of them. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Have you, you should see, have you seen the raid? I need to see the raids. No, you um, I have seen part of the first raid. Um, and I enjoyed it. I just couldn't stay for the rest of it. You just, you just get, you're just in that, you're just yeah. in the apartment building. You're just having a great time. There you go. Um, why has there not been a raid three? <laughs> There's an interesting story behind it. Okay. Um, where like I don't think Gareth Edwards wanted to make, or Gareth Ed- Evans, not Edwards, Evans. Wait, so not the Godzilla not guy? Not the Godzilla guy. Okay. Sorry, he's the raid guy. Okay. And the VHS two guy. Oh, okay. Gareth Evans. Okay. My bad. My bad, everyone. No worries. This, that, the other. He's still the writer, director, and editor. Yes. Um, where he was just like, I don't want to anymore. <laughs> and like... <laughs> I want to make VHS. Yeah. And I mean, like, actually, the second one ends in a pretty pretty satisfying way that he just right. wants to make VHS. I'm, if he doesn't want to do anything else, but he does that, I mean... <laughs> yeah, but it was before. Oh, okay. <laughs> VHS 2. Um... And so, like, it actually ends pretty satisfactory that he doesn't need to. Right. There was a point where they were like, oh, we'll make an Americanized version. We'll put the Hemsworth brothers in it. And I think that we I heard about that. And I yeah. think we all went, no, nope. yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. And I think that that kind of, like, lost its steam. But I think that the raid itself is still very much, like, held up very high. We could watch it together. We could watch it right now. You could skip work and just watch it. I wish I could. Just be sick. I've heard um, that while that the raid is like the better movie, mm-hmm. that maybe some of the fight sequences in the raid two end up being a little bit better. Yeah, the hammer scene. There you go. <laughs> All right, Kelly. And this is an Indonesian film, which yeah, they don't get they don't often get like known for their action. But I just want to throw it out there. Like, good job, everyone. Good job. We can all do it. We can. We're all we're in this together. Hand in hand. We're all cats. Here we are. Uh, Alright, Kelly. You ready for this? Yeah. Here we go. Uh, name. Give the name of different movies with religious characters. Ready? Yeah. Constantine. Uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. Ladybird. Joseph and the Manhattan Hard Dream Coat. I don't know. Devil's Advocate. Godspell. <laughs> His name in musicals. <laughs> I didn't really understand that card. Religious characters? Just characters who are religious? I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I went with Bible characters. <laughs> But that's okay. I think it works either way. Devil's Advocate yeah. counts, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Keanu. Eh, he's not really part of the religion. The religion of Keanu. Ah, <laughs> uh, Kylie. Right, every- what? We've done it again. Yeah. We've- Ready to fight? We've made a masterpiece. We're going to fight now. Here it is. All right, friends. Well, if you want to fight this conversation, you can do so at friend of a friend podcast. That's squarespace.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes with a five-star review or any star review. Please do so. That really, really does help us get new listeners as well as hit that subscribe button. Pow, pow. That also helps us get new listeners. We would really appreciate it if y'all did that. You can also find us on Facebook at friend of a friend podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TWT underscore podcast. YouTube. Let's watch together. Tumblers. Let's watch together. Litterboxed. Darby ACT and Kylie Gallagher. Thank you all so very much for listening. I've been Josh. Uh, Kylie. Quack, 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 quack. quack, quack. quack.